Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Final answer. Perhaps you remember the show that was quite popular a number of years ago. It was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis Philbin. When the participants picked an answer from the multiple choice questions, Regis would ask, is that your final answer? Lock it in. The most important final answer was a final round. If the contestant got the final answer correct, that contestant won the final prize of a million dollars. Some did win the million dollars, but others went home with zero dollars. They could not change their final answers. Today's gospel reading is about the final answer of Jesus concerning the consummation or the end of the age. There will be no negotiations. What he has decided is what will prevail. It will not change. It is based on a faith that resulted in positive action. It is the final answer locked in. Brothers and sisters, this is what we are waiting for, or should be waiting for. Jesus' final answer, that will not change. It is what it all comes down to. The time when you will finally see the fulfillment of all that our Lord and Savior, the Son of Man, the Son of God, has promised. It is a time when there will be no doubt and no questions as to the power and love and grace of the God you have believed in and what he has accomplished for you. Jesus is making a statement of fact, leaving no room for doubt as to whether or not he is coming back. This is a direct teaching, the real situation about what will happen at his return to fulfill everything he has taught. The reading says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. We don't know the number of angels that were created, but we know that they are innumerable and all the angels are coming with him. All the nations, people from everywhere in the world will be gathered before him. There will be no choice as to whether or not to show up. There can be no resistance to this summons. There can be no excuses. No one is excluded. No pardons whatsoever are available at this time, and all appeals have been exhausted. This is indeed final. The righteous, that is, those who have believed in him, you will go directly into eternal life. What the Apostle John says in Revelation chapter 21, God will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore shall be fulfilled. That is what eternal life will be. And that eternal life is your inheritance prepared and preserved for you since the creation of the world. Jesus tells the righteous, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. When you hear this, you may think that helping the needy earns you some points towards being with Jesus. We are to care for the needy. We are to show love to all. The Apostle Paul actually says, 
We are to do good to all people, and especially to those of the household of faith. Yet, that is not what gets us the inheritance Jesus is talking about. There is always a fine line between believing in Jesus as our Savior from sin and doing good to the poor and needy in society. And when we hear or read a text like we have today, that tension is heightened. It is a good thing because the Lord wants us to help as we are able. We believe that we are saved by grace through faith. How come then that Jesus is saying to the group on his right that they are receiving the eternal inheritance because they helped the needy, and to the group on his left that they are going into eternal punishment because they did not help the needy? For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. Where is the by grace alone we're supposed to hear? Or the by faith alone that we're supposed to hear? Are we wrong about that belief? By no means. By grace alone and by faith alone is about how we are saved, how God makes us his own. He does it not requiring any work from us. It is his alone. It is by his work alone that we become his children. But faith works. Works by themselves alone without faith in Jesus are just that, works. You likely have friends who in terms of doing good to others, helping the poor and needy are good. But if they don't believe in Jesus, it does not characterize them as righteous. The list that Jesus gives, if we can call it that, is not that long. But has every one of us done every single one of them? Or is doing just a couple of them enough? When you think about what Jesus said in a purely human and natural way, it sounds very transactional. You don't just get to be with him by believing in him. You get to be with him because you did something for him. That's the way the world works. But that's not the way of Jesus. He saves freely. You cannot contribute anything to that. For the righteous, the words they will hear will confirm the true teachings they have read and believed. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Take note of the words in that sentence. You who are blessed by my Father, your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you. All of those things clearly teach that even before the righteous did anything that might be considered good, God had chosen them for his kingdom. It is very easy to think that the righteous are a special group of people who have done something that other people could not do. But no, the righteous are you and all people everywhere who have believed in Jesus Christ. Yes, you do belong to the kingdom, but it is by grace. Even on the last day, eternal life is free for you. It is still faith alone, grace alone, and any and all credit belongs to Jesus. God has declared you righteous and has made you righteous. You are members of his family before you even knew it. He has covered you with the holy, innocent blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
you have been made clean. You have been made worthy of, of this new, new everlasting kingdom that is coming. You have an inheritance prepared and preserved for you. Yet the gift of eternal life that you have bears fruit that is pleasing to God. Even though you don't go presenting a folder of the acts of mercy that you do, they are pleasing to God because you are his children. Even though you don't glory in the things you do for others, God sees them. Even though you don't remember all the good you do for others, God remembers them all. Now you would notice that both those getting eternal life and those condemned to eternal punishment seemed surprised by their commendation or condemnation on the basis of what they did or did not do for the needy. Those condemned. Does Jesus not know that many of them are kind and helpful and loving and dedicated human beings? Is he not wrongfully accusing them of not caring? Because he is Jesus, the Son of Man, the King of Kings, he certainly knows. The reason people will be condemned on the last day is because they did not believe in Jesus. That is first and foremost. Secondly, they did not do good to those whom Jesus calls the least of these brothers of mine. Now, brothers, of course, stand for both men and women, male and female. The brothers and sisters of Jesus are all believers in Jesus. But when Jesus welcomed those on his right, he said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And to those on his left, he said, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. These other brothers and sisters are a third group among those gathered. They are the least. They are those who were with him from the beginning and proclaimed the gospel after him. These would be the apostles and the other disciples. They are also those who proclaim the gospel now, whether as local missionaries or missionaries overseas or pastors or call teachers and the like, who are often in need and completely dependent on the generosity of the righteous. The righteous are those on his right who provide, whether in big or small ways, to enable the ministry of the gospel to go on all through the ages until this final moment of the great separation. The righteous, believers, you do it because that is what the righteous do. That is why they seem surprised when Jesus credits them with feeding him when he was hungry, giving him a drink when he was thirsty, inviting him in when he was a stranger, clothing him when he needed clothes, looking after him when he was sick, and visiting him when he was in prison. Jesus will give credit to you. It is a great honor when the Son of God gives you credit when you are not looking for credit. It is his joy to do that for you. Now, you are not caring for the needy to get credit for heaven, but you are getting credit for it anyway. Jesus is giving you an eternal inheritance, an inheritance prepared and preserved for you since the creation of the world. Jesus knew you before you knew you. And since you are getting an inheritance prepared and preserved for you from the foundation of the world, you could not have earned your way into it. It is his gift to you which is going to, to make, to make, he's going to make real and concrete for you on the last day. What you have right now is a certainty 
of the Christian hope. But then on the last day, he will make it real. Christ the King is going to give you the blessings of a resurrected body, a glorious body that is primed for eternal life. Some have said that since Jesus is love and all his actions are full of love, then in the name of that love, he cannot send people to a place of punishment or torment forever. They contend that that would make him not a good God and not the loving savior of the world. Those who believe that way have a different Jesus in mind, not this Jesus revealed to us in the scriptures. Still, it is not the joy of Jesus to send people to the place of eternal punishment. That place was prepared for the devil and his angels. And so, as long as the gospel is going out, Jesus is giving the opportunity for people to avoid that place. Eternal life is yours. It is your inheritance prepared and preserved for you, not earned, but gifted to you. As believers in Jesus, the eternal King, the sentence you will hear that you need to hear is come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then you will hear another sentence giving you credit for the things you did without any intention of seeking credit for them. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You were righteous already because Jesus made you so by his death and resurrection. And then he credits you with what you may not even remember doing. That is extravagant love for you that can only come from the one with all authority in heaven and on earth. And he has placed you on his right. Amen.